What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning. Um, you know, alive. Yeah. And healthy. And healthy. Uh, uh-huh. Annoyed uh, a little bit with uh, current events, but you know. Okay. Well, we yeah we're we're going to get into um, we're going to get into the Insurrection Act later on this afternoon with uh, with Marty. So we're going to sit down and, and we're going to hash all that out. Uh, and then there's some UK stuff that I want to go over with him. Uh, as far as what's happening, because you're seeing the same thing in the UK as a you know as as what you're seeing in the US as far as uh, statues and and things like that being taken, monuments being targeted, this and that, and so mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about that later on this afternoon. So we'll be able to air all of our frustration and all that stuff out this afternoon. I'm looking forward to it. So and you know for the listener, that's that's what we're going to be covering today. We're going to be covering. Uh, the Insurrection Act because of what actually is going on in Seattle right now, which I find disgusting, to be fair, that it's actually being allowed to continue. So like I said, we'll we'll get into that later on today. But you say that you're healthy, right? But mm-hmm. you were bringing to my attention before we started, just before we started, that you've got something on a health jacket or something? Yeah. So basically, designers created a, uh, it's probably about a thousand US dollars, a quote unquote disease proof jacket. Now, really, all it is, the, the jacket is, it's made out of copper. 65% okay. of it is copper. So they've basically woven copper wiring into the, the jacket. Now, that would make it a little stiff, you would think. You know, they still say it's flexible enough. But um, the jacket is made of 11 kilometers of copper. 11 kilometers of copper. Yeah. It, a question: so, Is it now, like this? Is it this woven fabric stuff, like this copper fit stuff you see out there? Is it, is it kind of like one of those things, like that kind of garment? So they they show a close up of of the stitching, right? And it's they they have the wire with fabric basically holding the wire in place and and the spacing and everything. So I mean, when you look at it, you can tell it's a it's a it almost looks like um, aluminum foil or something on the outside, like those uh, emergency blankets, you know kind of how that looks kind of looks like that kind of material for the jacket itself uh-huh. and now the the 11 kilometers of wire keep in mind that this is a real it's not like electrical wire or something you know it, it's a really fine wire uh so it, it's not real thick but um yeah it's uh they say it'll reduce bacteria by up to 70 percent up to 50 centimeters away from the copper itself so yeah i i honestly I don't know that it can work against viruses. It might help. It might help for like slowing or stopping the replication of viruses. But as far as bacteria, it's supposed to do something with rupturing the. Uh, I don't know if it's the the, the texture of it or something. I I don't know the whole science of it. They don't really go into detail on on why copper. Maybe it's just the electrical charge that it has. I'm not really. Is sure. it one of these? Is it like um, one of these compression fabric kind of things? Do you have a picture of it? Can I see it? I do have a picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it basically, it looks like a survival jacket, to be fair. Like one of those Arctic yeah. survival jackets. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or even a raincoat or something. Like it, it, it looks like it's going to have the same yeah. 
um, texture as, as a survival jacket or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I see how they've done it here. Yeah, it's, the, it's that woven fabric kind of thing. Although this is a little bit more, I guess, crude. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is. But maybe that's okay. This is probably like a, you know, a really close in zoomed up or zoomed in shot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, like I said, I don't know the, the, the size of the wiring itself. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not saying how fine the wire is in the article, but they are saying, uh, okay, it did say in here that it is actually the electrical charge that, that you would generate wearing it, uh, you know, the moving around and everything. And the, it, that, that is actually part of what's killing off bacteria and viruses apparently, or destroying viruses, but viruses aren't alive. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Would you wear one of those things? Because I certainly wouldn't. I mean, look, if it if it's warm, if somebody gave it to me and it's warm and it's water resistant, looks nice, fairly comfortable. Yeah, I'll wear it. But am I going to go out of my way and pay a thousand dollars for this jacket? No, this thing's a thousand. No, I, I Yeah, it's it's uh, 895 euros, but uh, I'm, okay. I'm guessing yeah, it's about a thousand dollars. All right. All right. I, I wasn't paying attention to the price. Yeah, they can keep it. Sorry. But like I said, if, if somebody gave it to me, sure. Yeah. If it looked look decent on me and water resistant, warm, sure. Why not? I don't think it's going to take off, though. I don't, uh, okay. Honestly, uh, it, it's not it's not that attractive. And you're using a lot of material metal. Uh, I, I think it's a waste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially for the price. I mean, copper doesn't cost that much. So at least not right now. Mm. Uh, could could in the future, but I don't know. Anyway, so yesterday we talked about an electric truck and we had made reference to companies using possibly 18 wheelers, you know, uh, semi trucks, that kind of thing to make larger deliveries. Mm-hmm. And we thought, nah, it's just it's not practical. I mean, you know, even I said it's in the short term, I don't see that. Well, Elon Musk's just so has it. it's like this guy's like a, a mind reader when, when he kind of has that vibe going around. And so. Mm-hmm. Now he's come out and said in an email via uh, Tasmanian. Is that his own email service he's created now? T- Tasmanian. So is he, is he a I Tasmanian don't devil? I think so. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, it may be another like news agency or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Via. Te- oh yeah, Tasmanian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought maybe that was just kind. Of, I wouldn't put it past Musk to come up with some kind of a you know a, a pun or something like that to to create that kind of stuff. But it could be an internal. Yeah, it could be. All right. Because they say it's a leaked email. So who knows? Anyway, he says it's time. This is his quote. He says to his employees, "Okay, yes, it could be. It could be an internal email. Yeah, you're right. Uh, He said in an email, a leaked internal email to his employees that it's time to go all out and bring the Tesla semi to volume production. So no timetable was provided. But just a few months ago, the California based electric car company said in an investor call, we are shifting our first Tesla semi deliveries to 2021, considering it's already June of 2020. We'd say it's definitely time to go all out if Musk plans to stick to his 2021 customer delivery target. So I mean, they're already here, right? They're already here. He also said in the email that the semi's battery and powertrain will be produced at Tesla's Gigafactory in Nevada, but that the rest of the commercial vehicles production would happen in other states. I'm assuming he's making a hint here at like Texas because he's talking about pulling up shop and going to uh, possible moving moving production to Texas. So we'll see. But it's not clear if Tesla's production facility in Fremont, California would be in the mix for semi-assembly, especially considering how publicly upset Musk has been with local authorities in Alameda County where the factory is located, which is true. He said on Twitter that he intends to move Tesla out of California and into open arms of Texas or Nevada, but there wouldn't seem to be enough time to make such a move ahead of the semi's impending production. So 
He actually okay. Is that an actual photo? Is that like that? Is that what's on the website here? You sent me. Uh, the website is the uh, the photo of it gives you specifications. Okay, all right. You get the yeah, interior. Uh huh. Wow, that's so. Uh, from the looks of it, this is going to be a like this is going to not a long range. I mean, the mileage is uh, up to five hundred miles. Uh huh. But looking at the cabin, it's it's a one seater. So my impression right off the bat is, well, this isn't intended to be a cross country vehicle this is intended to right. be a you know just local de- deliveries or between cities or, or something uh-huh. uh, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a long-term thing cross uh, cross country so the specs of this thing it's i gotta say it's it's quite impressive an acceleration of zero to 60 miles per hour with a ki- 80 with an eighty thousand pound load is yeah. that right yeah eighty thousand pounds yeah okay with an eighty thousand pound load they say that they can achieve that in 20 seconds Zero to 60 in 20 seconds with 80,000 pounds on board in an electric semi-truck? That's impressive. That's pretty good. That is impressive. A speed up a 5% grade at 60 miles per hour. So there's your... um there's most of your your hills and your your mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. Mile range between 300 and 500 miles. Powertrain is going to be four independent motors on rear axles. Energy consumption less than two kilowatts per hour per mile. Fuel savings will be 200,000 plus. I'm assuming that's a year. I'm assuming that's what my assumption is. Yeah. Expected base price would be $150,000. That's for the 300 mile range one. And the expected base price for the 500 mile range will be $180,000. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good that price is, yeah. range. That's a really good price yeah. range. If you if you want to be an owner operator, that's a great price range to get in on. The base reservation, I'm assuming this is if you want to reserve because you can reserve now uh, right here on Tesla's website. The base reservation of this just to get in the door to put your name down to have one reserved is $20,000. Expected founders series price, I'm, I'm assuming that's a special production model or something that's 200,000 and a founder series reservation would be another 200,000. So, I mean, uh, and of course, you know that he came up with the quotes on this, right? First and foremost, as soon as you see all the specs, what does it immediately jump to? Badass performance. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. you know that he said that himself. Uh-huh. Look at the cab of this thing. Look at this thing. Yeah, it looks that pretty nice. Is, that is, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Okay. It's advertised as the safest truck ever. Enhanced autopilot helps avoid collisions. A center driver position. So it's actually going to be a center drive position. So there's mm-hmm. no driver's mm-hmm. side, passenger side, none of that stuff. You're in the middle, right? And the whole cab is like open. It's almost like the whole thing's like a moonroof kind of thing. All of it. Yeah. So everything's open. A center driver's position provides maximum visibility and control. A low center of gravity gravity offers rollover protection. Every driver is responsible for remaining alert and active when using autopilot and must be prepared to take action at any time. See, this is what they're working on with the uh, like Mercedes is working on over here with these um, autonomous semi trucks. You're still mm-hmm. going to have a driver, but the driver is going to be in the passenger seat ready to take over in case something goes wrong. So see, that's kind of like their little lowest. It looks cost- nice, though, it, like two like in the cabin. It looks really nice. You got Two screens, you know, touch oh, yeah. screens, it looks like. You've got the like your speed and, you know, all uh-huh. the the other information you need, you know, fuel capacity, which in this case would be battery life, your GPS. Uh-huh. But then it doesn't have external mirrors. They're all cameras. And it'll be on the, on the two uh, touch screens there. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's really really cool lowest cost of ownership like i said that's a that's a good price to get in on electric energy costs are half those of diesel with fewer systems maintained uh, the tesla semi provides two hundred thousand plus in fuel savings in a two-year payback period a two-year payback period i'm assuming that where he's standing on stage there those are two prototypes behind him i'm assuming yes so that's where they announced it three years ago 
I like the look. I think the look is is very futuristic. It's not uh, it, it's not something that's traditional like we're used to seeing. This is true innovation, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It looks pretty slick. The other thing I was I was the bit I was pointing out with not having mirrors. The the shape and design of it looks like it's very aerodynamic compared to the current models that we have. And by not having those exterior mirrors, that's less drag. Less drag means, you know, less fuel consumption, which, you know, more efficient, plus the the slopes and shapes of it will help press down on the vehicle a little bit to keep it from, you know, make it more stable. I don't know. I like it. It looks it looks good. Looks comfortable. Nice, nice cup holder arrangement, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always thought that like you've looked at concept cars, right? The ones that these companies mm-hmm. come up with and they they make us. Why don't we ever see those? Why is it that we see these cars? I mean, I've seen some great looking concept cars maybe like 10, 15 years ago. And I think to myself, yeah, why on earth wouldn't Where you make it? this like this is this is innovation like this is moving us radically in another direction, even by a visual standpoint. Isn't that what you want? Instead, they continue to give us like the same bland stuff. It's like, oh, we just made rounder headlights or we squared off that bumper. Like that's all they do. You get these cars over and over again. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's nice. That's no, it's not. Have you ever seen what the concept looks like? But the concepts never actually work. Yeah. Why do they build them? If we don't see them, that doesn't make any sense. Musk is actually taking something that you would think would be a concept and he brings it to production like that's yeah. real innovation. I mean, obviously, the cars look different from where we were, say, 100 years ago. Obviously, they, they look different. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at cars like uh, and I'm, I'm a big classic, uh, classic car kind of guy. I like I like classic cars. I like muscle car, American muscle cars, that kind of stuff. If you look at the old classic cars. I mean, I showed you some photos of what it was like when I went to that car museum just down the road from me. You look at the cars in the U.S. from like the 1950s, the 1960s to now. It's it's like night and day. I mean, those were good looking cars. That was pride and, and craftsmanship that went into that. And I'm not bashing the person that works at an auto manufacturer. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is, is these companies are putting things together that we're just getting more of the same. It's like there's just, you know, they're repeating the same thing over and over again. Where's the big old Cadillac with the big tail fins on it? You know what I'm talking about? Where is that? Mm -hmm. Where's Mm -hmm. that of our generation? Where's the 40 foot Cadillac? Where did it go with the white wall tires? Where is that? Well, it's not fuel efficient. Well, I not as forget safe. The, you can make it. You can make it fuel efficient. You can make it safe. My point is, is where's the design? Where's the design? Mm. Those were big, heavy steel, cast iron chassis, all that stuff, right? You can you can make that again, and you can make it to where it's it's economical in today's you know with all the innovations we've had, you can make that. Why wouldn't companies do that? I mean, well, to your point about it being part of the problem with fuel efficiency is weight. You know, the, the power to weight ratio, the amount of fuel right. that's consumed to get the amount of power. So by by changing, I, I can understand they're moving away from like full steel frames and, uh, you know, using more aluminums, more plastics. You know, it's lighter. It helps with acceleration, which means you can use a smaller engine, which means you consume less fuel. So I, I get the, the reasoning behind all this. But honestly, I, I think the way Tesla's pushing and the way that's going electric cars could actually be like within the next near future, like really near future, that could be the new trend and mm-hmm. start going down that road, depending on how well that takes off. I mean, personally, I would totally have a cyber truck or, a you know, one of the te- the other Teslas. You know what? I, I have to admit I would too, but I, I don't like this, this autonomous idea. Like I can drive a car. I mean, I told you I took delivery on a new car. What was it like three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And this thing has 
this it's essentially it's not an autopilot but it kind of is all you have to do is basically set the cruise control and it does everything else it keeps you in the lane it it breaks you know it like it slows you down it won't move until you turn that off but even the lane thing like i i find myself i'm going down the road and it's like you know i've been driving for years right and i go down the road and it's like i feel this this car like whenever whenever i'm drifting a little bit in the lane i'll feel it push me back to the center of the lane and i'm like i i don't need a car to do that i'm fully capable of doing that myself i mean i guess i feel like i feel like the training wheels are being put back on if that makes any sense it's like the mm-hmm. The human response is being taken out without consent. My point is, is that feature that's on that brand new car that I'm driving can't be turned off. You can't turn it off. Okay, if you're going to put it on the car, fine. Why can't I turn it off? Because it's for your safety. How about I decide what's safe for me and what's not? I mean, that's just sorry. So my first instinct to to your points is make your own. Like we, we have, and I don't mean that to be, you know, sound like a jerk or anything, but like Seriously, we have we have a free market system or quasi free market anyway. Design your own. You know, maybe there's people out there that'll, uh, you know, uh, like that, like that uh-huh. idea and not yeah, okay. like going into. You get what I'm saying? I feel like there's a lot of the younger generation, especially that are more interested in safety and convenience than they are. Safe, safe spaces. Safe spaces. Yeah, safe spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it is. Cars so are safe the, space. It's their safe space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it, I'm not going to deny it'd be super convenient to have your car be able to drive for you. You know, you'd be able to do other things. Like, for example, researching stuff for the show. You'd be able to research stuff for the show while you're driving. You could do other things while you're driving instead of driving. But, you know, teach you someone, know, I guess. Do you know what Google there. said about driverless cars when they when the concept was first brought to light about a decade ago? They said, you needn't concern yourself. I'm paraphrasing here, of course, but it was something along. It was real posh. It was really obnoxious. They said, you needn't concern yourself with the, the stresses of everyday driving. You should be concentrating on things that are more important, such as a glass of wine and a baguette. Mm. You know, sounds like I, something in the 50s, like an ad. I, I, I can't I can't say that I've ever pondered while I'm driving down the road, boy, I'd love a glass of wine right now. I'd love a good French baguette right now, which, by the way, you go through France, they're they're amazing. But I can't say I've ever pondered that because I like driving. I'm not one of these people that finds driving is an inconvenience. I like driving. I love driving the car. I love the feel of that car. I actually, the, the SUV that I've got, I opted for a standard transmission so I could shift. I like shifting. Everything's turning into automatics. It's like, hello, where's the fun? Where, where's the fun in driving the car? It's like it's being taken away. Well, let's let's use the same argument they use for COVID. Yeah, by you doing that, by you driving the car yourself and not having some kind of computer assistance, you're risking my life out there. So, oh, not this argument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody it's- takes their life into their own hands when they go out there every day. There's a hundred thousand things that can kill you out there on a day to day basis, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what if you're driving down the road in a driverless car? Let's say you're going down the road in a driverless car and someone hacks into it. I'm not saying that that's go- well, you know, it's common. Someone hacks into it and all of a sudden you veer off into a tree. Uh, well, um, should you not get in the car because you could endanger someone else's life by a hacker? Same argument, right? Sort of, uh, because we're in that position right now. It, it is possible to hack someone's car now and screw them over. But yeah, yeah. It- all right. Anyway. The thing is, though, is unfortunately, that is a legit argument that's going to be brought forward legit in the sense of it's going to be one that they're going to bring forward. And 
they're going to also say, well, aren't you for, aren't you for safety? Aren't you for protecting, uh, protection? Aren't you for reducing deaths? You know, you say, you say you're, you know, uh, you, you want, uh, all lives matter or whatever you want to say. Can't Actually, that, you know but- what, I, you know what I would say in that sense, if someone brings that safety argument to me, I would say, no, I'm sorry, but this is why we have insurance. I, I just, I, I don't like this. Um, I don't like this. I don't want to be mean here, but I don't like this helmet society we're moving into, you know, where everybody mm-hmm. has to be safe. It's like, live. What is wrong with you? Live. I don't need a bunch of uh, a bunch of sissy Marys and, and bureaucrats telling me that, oh, well, we're doing this for your safety. Keep your safety for yourself, okay? I'll worry about what I need to keep me safe. Thanks, right? You're excused. Well, we're going to have a very interesting conversation this afternoon, like I said, about uh, the, inv- the invocation of the Insurrection Act, or lack thereof. And is it time for that to happen? We'll talk about it later today. Thank you for your time this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a great morning.